Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Will you pray with me, please? Oh God, now let our ears hear what we need to hear. 
Let us hear the words that will comfort us, correct us, and confront us. Words that will lift us and encourage us, inspire us to follow you with wisdom. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. About 10 years ago, my family and I were invited to lunch with President Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. We'd gone to a revival service at their church in that little town in Georgia, Plains. My father-in-law was preaching the revival services, and after the service, President Carter asked, you're going to have lunch with us tomorrow, aren't you? Well, truth is, we had not prepared for an overnight stay. No spare clothes, no toothbrush, no accommodations. We were three hours from home. And so we said, of course we are. How can you turn down former president of the United States? They arranged accommodations for us in the presidential suite at the local bed and breakfast. Next day, we had lunch at their favorite restaurant, Mama's, where they told us, do not have dessert. We're going to have that at our house. Went to the house, gave us a tour. The master bedroom where President Carter had made the bed. I mean, literally made the bed out of wood. Took us to the office where he writes his books 30 to 40 publications, I suppose, written in that room. Then to the wood shop where he builds beds and tables and armoires and all sorts of things. And there I was sitting eating pecan pie across from one of the most important people in our country with awards and accolades and I must admit that as I was driving home that day, a little voice in my head asked me, Leonard, what have you done with your time? Have you ever been in the presence of someone who just makes you a better person, inspires you to be better? Have you ever been in the presence of of someone who inspires you to make better grades? Or in the presence of someone who motivates you to make the most of your time. I felt that way today. And in this passage, listen to Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Now, some translations read, redeem the time. The word is exagerazo. It means buy back or redeem. Make the most of. How do you make the most of your time? Are you making the most of it? Are you redeeming your time? Samuel Butler wrote, of all the animals... Accepting man, 
All the animals know that the principal business of life is to enjoy it. Someone's credited with saying life is short, live it up. Ephesians cautions us, be careful how you live. Be careful, be wise, do not waste the opportunity you have. Make the most of your time. Most. I hear that word most, and I think that's a quantity word. The most. Who has the most toys? Most. More. Is he saying do more? Do as much as you can. Maybe it means to put more tasks, more errands, more jobs on our already overcrowded to-do list. Any of you feel you aren't busy enough? Well, get busy, people. Multitask. Turn lunches into work. Cram more and more onto your calendars. Is that it? Make the most of your time? Maybe. After all, some of us are less productive than others. Some of us are lazy. There are Marys and there are Marthas. You remember the story of those sisters, right? Mary sat at Jesus' feet, just sat there listening while Martha was in the kitchen, cooking lunch, washing dishes. You remember that story? She was doing more. Which is making the most of her time, Mary or Martha? I had a friend in high school whose parents went away for a week. We were great friends. We went to church together. We went to school together. We played football together. Spent weekends together. His parents went away for, I think, a week. We invited him to stay at our house. Our busy house. Our house was busy. My brothers and I had chores. We had responsibilities at our house. We helped by washing dishes and vacuuming floors and sweeping the driveway, folding laundry, mowing the lawn, taking out the trash. My parents are here, so I'm trying to remind them how good a kid I was. They'll tell you later you didn't do all that. But imagine how my friend felt as he lay there in a chair watching television all day. Imagine how we felt. It was like the Mary and Martha situation. Martha says, hey, Mary, get in here and get busy. Tell her to come and get busy helping me in the kitchen. We had that kind of moment with him, and it wasn't long before he got the message. Make the most of your time. Some of us are less productive, even lazy, perhaps. So maybe Ephesians wants us to be busier people. Do you think that's it? I don't think so. Jesus reminded Martha there's time to work and time to sit. The Marthas should learn to recognize the better choice at the moment. But it's difficult to sit like Mary, isn't it? 
It's difficult to sit, even if it's at Jesus' feet. How many of you are multitasking at this very moment? In your head, making your to-do list. Wondering about lunch. How many of you are texting on your phone? Reading? It's difficult if we can't worship Almighty God for one hour out of our week then we have a problem. I have a question. Now, Jesus was a carpenter until he became a minister. Now, as a carpenter, he had a very hard, hot, physically grueling job. The kind of work we admire. What did he do those three years, though, when he was a minister? Well, you think about it. He talked to people. He ate He walked, he listened, he ate. He preached, went to weddings, turned water into wine, he ate. He was always eating, by the way. He prayed, he walked some more. For three years, sometimes a Mary, sometimes a Martha. Make the most of your time. Make longer lists, run yourself crazy. I don't think so. We're already busy, people. But maybe it means more efficient. Now we're speaking the language of engineers. Maybe he's saying, become more efficient at what you do so you can accomplish more. Melissa Bain Savior says, I read a fair amount of books about leadership and management. They have much to say about making the most of our time. She says, you know the list. Avoid time wasters. Limit meetings. Length by designing a tight agenda, balance FaceTime, phone time, desk time, develop your speed and efficiency, delegate, all good advice. But that only goes as far as it goes. She says, I'm one of those persons that needs to be constantly reminded that efficiency isn't always the most important thing. Making the most of time doesn't necessarily mean being able to check off things from your list. Sure, my work has to be done, but I shouldn't be overrun, over-controlled by tasks in making the most of my time. Listen to Ephesians. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. In ancient days, it was believed that evil would increase as the end of the world came closer. In other words, he's coming soon. The end is near. Ephesians is like a sandwich board. Repent. Jesus is coming soon. There's an urgency about this. There's an urgency in our passage felt only by kids whose parents are coming home and you've trashed the house and you've got to hurry and clean it up. There's an urgency about it that only students know who have procrastinated. The test is tomorrow. The paper is due tomorrow. And you're only on page one. Hurry. There's an urgency about this passage best felt by workers who have a deadline looming and you haven't gotten started. Reminds me of that bumper sticker. 
It says, Jesus is coming soon. Look busy. Right? Ephesians is written as if Jesus is coming soon. We say, probably not. It's been 2,000 years. The end hasn't come. We've been waiting for millennia. For 2,000 years, there have been a plethora of doomsday prophets that have evoked urgency from us. He's coming soon. Look busy. Prepare. And they've all been wrong. After a while, you learn to tune them out. Maybe laugh at the thoughts. Make jokes. So maybe we don't feel that same sense of urgency today. That is, until, until our health begins to fail. When we hear our doctor say, you're going to need surgery. Or there's a mass. Or we should do further tests. You ever felt that sense of urgency? Time is ticking. We don't get it when we're younger. I didn't. I, I thought I would live forever. We're strong and healthy. But maybe it isn't declining health. Maybe it's the aging of your children and your grandchildren. It's when you hear yourself say to your child or to your grandchild on their birthday, stop having birthdays. You're making me feel old. Maybe you spend more time looking back these days in nostalgia than you do looking forward. Or at least you prefer to look back than look forward. Someone once said, live every day as though it were your last. Because one day you're bound to be right. Make the most of your time. It's urgent. Time is ticking. Maybe you're a church. Ephesians is a letter to a church. Maybe there's little sense of urgency there. They've been on cruise control for a while. Automatic pilot. For so long, healthy and strong, it drives itself, but maybe 60 years later, a pain in the chest, an ache in the arm, decline in health and vitality, Ephesians says, the end is near. There's an urgency. The days are evil. Make the most of your time while you have it. I don't think we're talking about becoming busier people. I don't think it's talking about becoming more efficient. None of those are bad. I don't think it's about to-do lists, getting things accomplished so much. Not that those are bad. It's just that no one comes to the end of their life wishing they had worked more. No one comes to the end of their life wishing they had been busier. They do come to the end of their life wishing they loved more and hugged more and laughed more and worshipped more and served more. Make the most of your time. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. The quality of our time together. Quality of life. It's what you do with your time, not how much you get done in your time. 
Listen to Savior again. She wrote about efficiency. She said, three days ago, I thought I'd spend the evening in front of my computer catching up on some things that would make my next day a little smoother, my list a little shorter, but my husband suggested canoeing with friends. She said, we took our canoes to the river and just paddled for a couple of hours. Fresh air, exercise, wildlife, water, conversation, friendship, all these conspired to make me realize once again that I am a terribly slow learner when it comes to rest and worship. The next day at work, she says, I realized about halfway through my morning that I was more focused, more relaxed, more productive, and just plain happier. When Ephesians says the days are evil, I take it to mean that the day upon day upon day kind of work can be evil. It can be the end. It needs to be redeemed. The sameness, the boredom, the work, the heaviness, the laboriousness, all of that, we redeem the time. We make the most of our time by filling it with things that are life-giving to us and to the people around us. And sometimes that means being efficient. But I'm also reminded that making the most of time often means efficiency of the spirit as well. That's a far notion from a checklist. Listen to the rest of the passage. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which is debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Drunk on wine or drunk on the Spirit? It's a contrast here. I'm not saying don't drink wine. Remember, Jesus turned water into wine and he was called a drunkard. I think it's something closer to what John Ortberg says. He says, Paul says of fools, their God is their stomach. That is, they have a philosophy of life that was better articulated by Sesame Street's Cookie Monster. You know Cookie Monster. I would do my impression of Cookie Monster, but it's not the time. See cookie, want cookie, absorb cookie, seek ye first a cookie. Some of the best high IQ people in our world stay up late at night trying to find new ways to convince us that we are nothing more than a collection of appetites. See, want, absorb. Paul says, for such people, a new kind of fullness is available. That we're not just giant appetite to be satisfied, but to be filled with spirit. Filled with spirit, the fullness of the spirit comes when we've emptied ourselves of ego and our productions, our self-promotions and our busyness. All those things that promise so much and yet deliver so little. 
be wise. Make the most of your time. Be filled with the Spirit. Worshiping, singing, Bible study, being grateful, it says. Always giving thanks to God. Living thankfully. The thankful Spirit for everything. You see, it's not about quantity of task on the to-do list or getting the most accomplished with our time. Those aren't bad. But for Christians, with the sense of urgency, it's make the best use of your time. I like how Mary Oliver puts it in her poem, Summer Day. She starts by asking, who made the world? God did and made our lives and gave them and everything we have to us. Pay attention to such gifted goodness and give yourself in return. And the poem closes with this. Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Life passes quickly. Time is flying. But you get to be the pilot. What will you do in the brief few years you have? How will you make the most of your time today? Pray with me, please. Here we are, Lord, worshiping you, giving you our time. Singing from grateful hearts, from sincerity, lifting our voice. Some have struggled to do that today. Some struggle for doubt. Some struggle for exhaustion. Some struggle because of a hurt, a loss. Help us, O oh God, to redeem the time, to enjoy the opportunity we have to give back to you, to lift our voice, to be thankful. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Baltimore Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Please like, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you have any questions, please submit them through the Anchor app. Or join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right in our own Baltimore Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Otherwise, I hope you have a good week.